Welcome to another episode of the Excel Magazine podcast. I am Diana Olenik, your host, and today we're going to be speaking with Tribe XR. Tribe XR is on a mission to help aspiring DJs become performing DJs. It's a virtual world for DJs and music producers, and in Tribe XR, you can learn to DJ in VR, then practice, play, and perform to platforms like Twitch and TikTok. Tribe is built by an experienced team from Pixar, Super Awesome, LucasArts, etc., and backed by world-class investors like Techstars, Precursor, Learn Capital, Boost, Venture Capital, and more. Today, we have the pleasure of being talking to Lee Chernowitz, who is the head of community at TribeXR, and we are discussing amazing stuff for anybody who is thinking on building an app or an experience in XR, or anybody who wants to become a very high-class DJ in the metaverse. I'm very excited about this episode. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Lee, for being here today. Super exciting. Please let us know about what is Tribe XR and why, you know, what is the why of Tribe XR? Well, what Tribe XR is, is basically a, a, uh, it's a VR application that is, uh, basically at its core, a simulation of, of real world DJ equipment. Um, so in, in our application that runs on VR headsets exclusively, um, we allow, uh, both new users, beginners, people who want to learn, and also, um, more recently professional DJs who want a performance platform and a, a way to jump in with the, the highest end equipment possible and to have that all just within a headset and even, uh, in our case, within a, a Quest standalone headset, Pico standalone headset as well, that is, is quite affordable. Um, you know, some of the gear that we offer, you know, laid out in front of you is going to be worth over $10,000 and just for the price of a headset and, you know, the, the, the cost of the software, you can have that all available to you and professionally, um, stream, record, and 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 show it to the world. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you so much. Yeah, I saw, you know, there are consoles, tables, mixers, um, a lot of a lot of stuff that goes in the DJ world. And I was wondering why people would prefer to practice DJing in virtual reality as opposed to real world. What are your thoughts about it? Yeah, so I guess uh, as I kind of kind of um uh referenced quickly but before in my intro is that it's accessible. It's about accessibility. Mm-hmm. Um and just like any other sort of uh simulation, it's accessible. There's not a lot of risk to it if you just want to try it out. You're not dropping thousands of dollars to 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 be able to even see if you like it. Um you know, this, this it's it sort of comes from the same philosophy as uh industrial training, right? Like um, you know, flight simulators just, you know, and now it's used all the time. And I think increasingly um, is, is VR and AR, whatever it might be is used to help simulate real world situations. I know one of our resident DJs, Takoni actually works for a company that develops for um, 
a simulation for people who work in nuclear reactors where a wrong move can be obviously potentially deadly and, and costly mm-hmm. and, and whatever else. But, you know, use, utilizing this tech, it can be done where people have this sensation of, uh, you know, tactile to some degree and with, with some feedback and, and, and use that muscle memory to help them achieve something. In, in those cases, it's with a career with, it's within something that you're, you're doing repetitively professionally to, to manufacture something, let's say. But in our case, it's to, it's to make music and, and share music and know how to do that. So it really comes down to the, the beginning of it is accessibility. And the, the start of the company in, in 2017 was based on that utilizing VR tech to, to, in a simulated fashion to help people learn. And I think I wasn't around at the time, but I think the founders believe that. And they weren't 100% sure, but they believe that this tech could lead people to understand DJing, have all of that muscle memory, have all of the uh, the mental capacity to learn, and then directly translate that to operating real-world equipment, right? Going out and playing in clubs. And that has actually, over time, been proven to be true. Um, and it's we have many stories and anecdotes from our users who use Tribe as sort of a stepping stone um, to actually play in, in clubs and play in front of festivals and huge crowds and all of that. Mm, that sounds amazing. And those stories are what, um, of course, make the, the platform so great, the community, as they see that they can improve their skills, they can see that they, you know, can make a great use of the platform and uh, perform actually in a show, in a real show. So that's uh, the ultimate goal, I guess. Thank you for sharing that. So how were the beginnings? Like, if you have any knowledge about that, uh, Tribe started, there were some founders who said, let's make this app about DJing. And how did that happen? Were they DJs by themselves or they hired developers? And how did they figure out the design should be like this? The development should be like this? How how was that story of uh, Tribe? Yeah, so so the main founders Tom and uh and Palomeni and um Ozan Saram um came from sort of different backgrounds. They both were into startup culture and um uh, had, uh Tom had had successfully um um raised money for startups and sold startups and uh he was not a DJ himself but just loved music and you know wanted to learn to DJ and I think the same thing for Ozan. They, this is something they saw as, as a way to that they could learn. They saw it as a desire, even within themselves, that they could have this uh, th- some desire that they wanted that many other people out there wanted, which is is truer and truer every year. I mean, DJing is just it's like when I was growing up, just to to date myself, it was the guitar. Like everybody wanted a guitar and to to like learn how to how to play and and be in a band and now a good portion of that is is people want to be on stage at a festival DJing and they want to you know perform with DJ decks and and share music that way right um and express themselves that way so i think uh that was the impetus i think they they both saw the uh, you know, like i previously said just like how you could use this simulation to to actually educate people successfully uh, without having to have actual physical gear. And that I think was the start of it. Um, 
what I would say is it's, it's grown from there dramatically. I've been with the company for, uh, yeah, it's a long time, like two and a half years now, um, feels much shorter, but, uh, uh, I, when, since I've been with them, I've seen a, a tremendous amount of growth, uh, our, our, the basis of tribe is still learning is still teaching people, getting new DJs in, bringing them into the community, giving them workshops, giving them ment- mentorships, um, and, and raising them up to be able to be better DJs and, and, and share and express themselves in that way. But I think, um, maybe it's, it's the, the metaverse around us or the world around us has changed a bit to appreciate this technology and, uh, you know, many strides have been made in in this field that now the idea isn't that you just learn to DJ and then you buy your, your DJ jacks and you play in, in real life in a real life club. Now there are virtual clubs. There are virtual clubs that are paying DJs, right? To, to spin remotely from wherever they are. There are, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to actually reach large audiences completely through the metaverse, completely through streaming. And, and all of that. So it really, that is not necessarily the end goal when, which it started. Now we're thinking about how do we actually do this completely virtually? Oh, that sounds interesting is how we prepare also like the, the spaces so they can perform in them, like, you know, like, or, or help with the, with the, with the events so they can actually successfully. Is that? Correct. That that is correct. Yeah. So we have we have a resident DJ program. So we try to teach people and bring them up, and they can eventually be a resident DJ stream to our platforms uh, via Twitch. Um, and then we also run on an Altspace VR, which is a metaverse platform. We have our own virtual club inside of there, and every every other week we're spinning and having our resident DJs perform inside of that club for other people. Uh, and that performance then that would be with their own physical equipment, not through the app or, or how does uh, it work? No, that's completely through tribe, completely through the app. They're performing with the, this, uh, pioneer DJ equipment. And that's a new, a newer thing that happened, uh, about two years ago, um, where we implemented real world pioneer DJ equipment that the actual one to one representation of the, the high end equipment you see at a festival. So uh, at these virtual clubs, we're having um, our DJs virtually just with the headset and the controllers. That's it. That's how it tracks your hand, right? You have your controllers here. It knows where your head is, where your pointed orientation, and then it knows where your hands are. And it knows when you want to click, when you want to grab something, grab a fader or, you know, turn a knob. And so it's, it's actually a pretty one-to-one experience and they perf- perform at a very high level. And they perform for people that are also in VR and they're dancing, right? And they either have full body tracking or even just, you know, you see them dancing through their head movement and their their arm movement. So, uh, or they're just hanging out with friends and, and chatting or whatever in the corner of the room. So it really is uh, um, some something like a real world experience uh, of of going to a club and a social experience and a musical experience. Wow, that sounds amazing. Um, this uh, opportunity for people to join and, and, and enjoy this uh, experience through all the space VR sounds amazing. Do you have any plans to actually create your own spaces independently of all the space or for now you'll continue with the, all the space? I, I think eventually we would like to do something on our own, which is uh, as our own platform, but, um, 
um, I always think there's going to be something else where we want to go to where the people are currently, mm-hmm. or or our or at least our DJs would like to perform where the people are. So um, what we're working on now, and we're partnering with metaverse companies as we speak to develop integration. So right now it's very it's very easy in most platforms like AltSpace or VR Chat where um, someone is spinning in Tribe, and then we take the video and the audio. And through a platform like Twitch or DLive or anything like that, we can bring that into the club with a web projector. So there's actually like a, 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 a we call a web projector, which is basically a, a screen inside of the virtual club that replays anything that is on your browser. So then we bring in on the browser, we bring in a Twitch stream, anything we'd like, and then you have that experience there. The DJ can be there or not. The DJ can have their avatar behind some prop decks Right. So they they're actually their physical presence is there and we have ways to. So it's sort of track. So it looks like they're kind of moving. If they're moving their arm in a certain way in the club, it will happen as well. So there are ways to do that. What we want to do is make it more immersive. That's that's our next goal where um, we can connect to any any other metaverse that would like to like basically harvest the data that we have. We have all this positional data, this headset data, the avatar data, where they are, what buttons they're pressing, um, and and the music data, the BPM data, all of that stuff we have and we can actually send out to metaverses and they could use it how they would like to, how they would like to actually use that data. And so just the the purpose of that is to increase the presence. So the DJ can possibly see the audience Right. They see the audience in front of them and can react to them. And the audience can also see the DJ and feel like the DJ is actually there. It's not just a 2D representation, you know, through Twitch. So that's really where we're at right now. That's what we're trying. That's the sort of problem, I guess, we're trying to solve is immersiveness and feeling like you are connected there in this virtual space. And I just personally am not sure if anybody's really solved that yet in the the entertainment, the the uh the the either music concert or you know the, uh you know sort of like virtual nightclub concert it's it's still early days it's still not completely satisfying if i'm going to be honest like it's it still doesn't beat the real world right um and it doesn't have to beat the real world but it has to offer something um different right it has to offer something you can't get in the, from the real world um, immersiveness, connectedness to people across the the globe, and and many other things that we could we could talk. I could talk for hours about, but the point is to make it a really compelling experience when you go to a virtual nightclub, and that's what we're working on now. And uh, we take it as a serious challenge and one that we're kind of ready to tackle. Yeah, it is. Uh, being in a big event. Being able to share that event or have the feeling in a virtual event that you are communicating with people from other countries, for example, but yeah. you know that they are around you and that you are seeing the presenter or the artist there at the front in a holographic body, it's a little bit of an undertaking right now yes, because yeah. it requires some advanced, a lot of advanced technology. But I think that 
It's absolutely an absolutely amazing opportunity for TribeXR to be leading in those type of um, events and with the community from people from DJ because this is a millionaire industry, you know, the music yeah. industry. And yeah, many, many, many people would be looking for that. And and speaking about that, I was going to ask you, when TribeXR was starting out, how or what do you attribute the success at getting, you know, the buy-in from, from people, DJ in the world? Because DJ, DJ have been a profession that has been typically physical. Like we haven't seen many things sure. that were virtual. So doing the jump is a little bit difficult for people at first to wrap around the mind and, and wanting to try. So what do you attribute? to to the success of actually making them trying and loving it what do you yes. think that help a lot there right so there's there's the 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 first part that we've already talked about a little bit with the first small thing is beginners people who who don't have access to this equipment and will never have access to it unless they try it out first so that is definitely like a big appeal where people we have beginners and we mm-hmm. offer training right we don't just throw them in there with the decks we have training we have daily workshops for free mm-hmm. we have um uh lessons in game that are interactive right um so there that that support there doesn't exist anywhere else um you can't have that kind of same training even at a real life um, if you were to pay lots of money for instruction, you wouldn't have that same experience. Um, but so th- that's, that's number one. But then you have also real life DJs who, who have DJed for many years and, and love it. Um, number one is that we have, again, the representation of the CDJ 3000 and 900 mixer. Also, we have representation of the V10 mixer now, um, from Pioneer, which you, you, <laughs> it's kind of funny. We didn't plan, no one planned for this, but you cannot buy the, the V10 because of, of supply chain shortages. You cannot like, even if you wanted to, if, unless you're going to buy it on eBay for um, about like, you know, 15 times the re- uh, retail price, you're not getting one. So, but in, in VR, you can have it, they can have it right now um, just with, with tribe XR. Um, so real world DJs can try out this very expensive equipment, see if they like it. We've had DJs that, use it uh especially with quest standalone inside of a, a hotel room when they're trying to practice they don't actually have their their set it's owned by the club so so uh the, the whole kit so they actually will practice their sets and use it to kind of you know see what they can do on their next set just like get ready and prepare themselves for that and then i guess the third thing on top of that is community it is having a place where we can share things together. Our Discord is is nine nine uh ninety five hundred strong right now, and we have the resident DJ community as well. So uh, there's a lot of sharing that goes along. There's there's multiplayer rooms. I, I keep I'm just thinking of new things now, but there's multiplayer rooms where you can back to back with somebody across the world. Back to back is a term in DJing where it's basically multiplayer. It's basically like you're at the same set of equipment and you collaborate on a set. Oh, and so this is a um, you know uh, tradition in DJing. We see it a lot um, as a sort of special event. But now you can do this with zero latency. I've done it with people in Germany. I've done it with people in Australia. I back to back with them with zero latency, based on uh, just the network infrastructure that we have and the uh, just ha- how how it all functions. 
So you could actually collaborate with somebody across the world. And that's not possible in real life. Like there's, it's just not happening. Wow. That yeah. sounds so, amazing. so that's like, that's a couple of things, um, that, that make it compelling for, um, for DJs. Again, this is, you know, not necessarily replacing everything. This is not meant to, um, some people do get a little bit defensive. Like I've, we've had some negative comments from, people who just see maybe the trailer on Facebook or something and they're they're they may be defensive. Um, like it's not, it's not meant to, to replace it entirely. It's meant to augment it. And it's meant to be another platform and it's meant to, to also be a learning platform. Exactly. The, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to mention. The basic and the foundation of Tribexar, beside the fact that now it's a platform that allows other ones to, to have their own shows and is educational, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. On, on the foundation is educational. So pretty much we have many lessons that we can learn from TribeXR, especially if we want to create plans, plan, uh, apps related with education. So as a platform for learning. So yes. how the workshops are delivered, how, how often or what type of uh, instructional design, maybe um, strategies can be used in order to offer the exact skills that people need to develop, etc. All of those things. So speaking yeah. about that, I'd like to ask you, what are some of the challenges that you face in the journey of TribeXR and how you've been able to, to manage them? Yeah, so I guess exactly what you say is exactly right as far as the, the design um, in, in many ways. Um, and it's something that we constantly think about, um, constantly challenge ourselves on, um, and to, to just make, to optimize it for the user and make it the best possible place for the user. Um, and there's many, there's many facets to that. <laughs> That's, it's almost like mind boggling and almost it can make you go insane. Um, but you just have to, you know, challenge one, you, you face one challenge at a time, but there is, uh, you know, user interface is something that we're constantly tweaking and restructuring. And we are probably going to completely overhaul it again, um, soon because we've had, we, we have more stuff. So it's like, there's only certain times you can cram into a user interface in, especially in VR. There's, uh, it's, it's true for anything, but there's only a certain amount of times you can, oh, let's add one more thing there. And it just becomes overwhelming. It's not right quite at that point, but we're always challenging ourselves to think of the user's experience as if we haven't seen it for the first time. And that's challenging as, as a designer because you are used to it. You see it every day. You're like, oh, that's, I know I get to the music menu. Although this, yeah, why wouldn't somebody understand that? But that's just not how it works. And you could always make it better. You can always make it a, a smoother journey. So there, there's the UI, which is super important, how you interface with it. How, how does that new user, especially that new user, get onboarded? That is our obsession, right? Um, how, <laughs> how, how does that new user who's, who's doing that for the first time, and how do we get them into a, an experience that they're going to enjoy as soon as possible with equipped with this knowledge that they need to do the thing? Um, and, and, and DJing is at its core, like it's a very complicated, it can be a very complicated thing. Like there, there's all these buttons and knobs. As soon as you load this up, you see there's on the, the 900 mixer, there is 
40, 50 knobs on, on the thing. It looks like to, to some people, it looks like a, you know, NASA control panel. (laughs) But once you, once you like break it down, it's not, it isn't that complicated. Um, it's just a lot of rep, you know, repeated channels. It's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things like beat effects is half of this, (laughs) uh, mixer that you don't need to know as a beginner. You do not need to know that. So it's about how do you understand where the user is coming from? What they, what do they need to know? at a certain time. So we're constantly challenging ourselves and, and reinventing that to, to make it better and better. And it's, it's changed so much dramatically in the past two years. Um, uh, it, and it's still like, we're, we're still working on that. We're still figuring it out and we're going to, going to make it even better for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, one more thing I would say, one more thing I would say about that too, um, mm-hmm. uh, is for, educational design, which you mentioned, that's another thing. So onboarding, like just getting somebody into the software that exists for every, every platform. And that's an important, really, it's just really important um, for any XR platform. Um, But then there's educational design. We're, we're around education, at least letting them have that option, uh, bringing them into some sort of uh, uh, educational platform that they can learn from. If they're at, you know, depending on their skill level, complete newbie to someone who just wants to learn a little more. So we do have, we just came out with something called game mode, which is very exciting. That is basically like, um, you know, um, you know, like guitar, guitar hero and like rock bands, um, and, and, and those types of things, dance, dance revolution, where you have like a beat highway sort of coming to you and it's sort of gamified, right? So that's what we, we just released something like that and it's sort of in its infancy. But the idea is it's, it's, it's gamified where, where it's, it's telling you when you should press the button, right? And that's sort of how, how you learn at first. You kind of infer through doing it. It's sort of telling you, okay, you're going to do this right on the one beat. You're going to press the play button and then you're going to use, use this knob and suddenly you're doing a mix. It's sort of telling you what to do and it is up to you to do it sort of on time. And you get your, 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 you have points that are, uh, according to how well you do that. But the idea is you're guiding that person through their first journey, right? So they're not that overwhelmed and they can kind of infer, all right, I now I understand I have to use this button at some point and I have to do it in this methodical way. So uh, that's the, the exciting thing that we're working on now as far as educational design and sort of guiding the user, um, and it's just, it's been, it's been a complete challenge. Yeah. And we're still, we're still working on that. We want to um, just bring that into a whole career mode where it's like more than just that onboarding, where it takes you through a whole journey of, of, of learning. So that's like what we're looking at. That's uh, the mountain that's ahead of us. Mm-hmm, that's great. Actually, the next question that I was going to ask, I believe you might have just answered it. And it was about one of the challenges, common challenges that platforms face when they are starting out sometimes and is repeat usage, you know, like how do you make sure that the users coming back are coming back? And when you mention about the gamified experience, that is one of the aspects that I think are used to help in repeat usage because people feel motivated to practice their own skills because they can see the progress, right? Progress. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Progress. That could be points. That could be something, uh, badges that could be something like that. Um, 
Yeah, that, that's that's kind of the direction that we're heading. Um, the the other the other way you can do that is just a sense of community, right? A mm-hmm. sense that that it is an alive platform and you can talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, join in join in events with people, join in workshops, which we in our workshops tend to be. We try to make them fun that you know someone can hang out and even if it's not the, the strict workshop where they are just going to be completely bored if they know it, people just come to hang out um, to some degree pick up maybe a few tips here and there, but they, we can also have a fun experience um, inside of that workshop. So that's kind of how we currently done it. And historically we feel like we've gotten people um, to come back is through that connection to community, right. And a connection um, which we've now branched off in, in our app, we have news, we have events, so you can see in, in the user interface the events that are going on. So it makes it feel like it's an alive platform, that you're participating in something. Um, mm-hmm. So that was uh, in the early days before our, even this idea of gamification. Um, that was one way to do it. And through our, through our Discord, um, which is completely you know separate from the XR experience, um, uh, like I said, it's a very vibrant community that runs their own events and it's just, it's sort of endless. They have to make their own conversations. They're answering questions um, of other users and they, ha- they have some investment in it. Um, so, so those are other ways you can do it as well beyond like just, just in, in, in the app itself or in that user experience. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. It's um, always a challenge and, I believe that the way that we're seeing it, it Tribe XR is one of the standard ways that now platforms are, are using in, and it, it is proven to work as per in education as always, just like what is used with kids, with mm-hmm. toys. Mm-hmm. We are always looking for that, um, indication of where we are at in levels, et cetera. So that's why. Yep. Progressing exactly, and I think just to to reiterate, and probably through um, learning, like through through business and through XR and through um, the that user journey, the user interface, all all the studies that your students may be doing, like that is through case studies. I'm sure they know that like that first hour to three hours is just known as crucial. You know, it really is crucial to get them through that, and then then you. I mean, we, this is the metrics we look at, right? We, we have in our back end, we have, we know when they drop off. Ah, and so that exactly. is our, our biggest metric. Um, the most important, important metric for user retention, as we call it. So we're looking at when this user dropped off, you know, half an, half an hour or this an hour. So we're trying to like, we're trying to move that as, as far as possible. And then you just have a better outcome. You have less returns. You have people that will, then stick around more and, um, you know, start to contribute, um, to, to the community. So we want people to stick around forever, but if we can get them to stick around for that first three hours and there's a better chance that they're going to stick around for that first two weeks and, um, eventually maybe even, you know, funnel into our subscription service, um, mm-hmm. that we have. So that is, that's another thing that we could talk about as well. But, um, basically that, yeah, that's funneling people into this repeated, it's like monthly subscription. And that feeds into us being able to keep on putting out content and, and giving those users that are subscribed, um, 
some some extra benefits, access to video live video calls, live streaming, just even from request headset, etc. So um, it's very important for us to to get people to even think about subscribing. They have to have a really great experience um, those first couple hours, and then maybe even week or two afterwards. Mm, thank you so much. So in terms of business. Now that you mentioned the word business, what are some of those big lessons or one lesson learned in terms of business for somebody who is planning to maybe create an app in the XR industry? Um, well, uh, <laughs> so uh, big lessons. Um, uh, I could say definitely the, the, the user interface is key, like user retention is key. Um Figuring out something that we call, uh, and I learned about through, through specifically through working in this company. Um, I did not know about beforehand, but it's, it's a term called product market fit. And that's like almost like a frightening term because it's, it's incredibly difficult. So you could have the best product in the world, but it might not have market fit. And if you have the best product in the world, but no market fit, like say goodbye to your product because it's you're not going to have revenue to support it and support a team and all of that. Um, and it's something that from, you know, startups and startup culture, they know about that, 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 and that's a, a term that is like, it's like the Holy grail. That's why I say it. It's, it's frightening. It's like exciting, but you don't know where it is. Like in many companies, um, you know, even that they're, they're have some modicum of success and they, um, uh, they're, they're doing some business, but they, they're still searching for that as they're going, right? Cause that's what a startup is. It's, it's oftentimes funded some venture capital or something like that. And the whole idea of venture capital is that, okay, here's the money. Now find the product market fit mm-hmm. as you go on, right? So you're burning this money in, and then in, in the hopes that by the time that money runs out, you found product market fit and you're making money then at that point you're making revenue and you're paying back that original investment so it's something that happens as you are doing it so once you get funded once you if you're a startup or you get funding you your journey is just starting like you can party a little bit like break out the champagne but as soon as you know the next day rolls around you 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 start on product market fit and it's not something that you find out beforehand you have to go out there and like make the app, see what's happening, tweak, constantly tweak it until you have that, until you have product market fit. Wow. I love that one because we, we haven't shared so far that type of um, specific, very, very experiential, you know, business application yeah. terms, etc. Yeah. So I'm very glad that you, that you mentioned that for somebody who is new, because Usually when people is interested in, in creating apps, not necessarily have a very strong sometimes in the tech or a very, very, uh, big background in business. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean by market fit? So, so yeah, so market fit is, is basically your product, product market fit is when your product has a niche in that market where it works and, and the market can then sustain it. Right. Then it's then it's you're you're making revenue because you have found the user. You have found the user and they were like, yes, I love this product. I will give you 
this money that you were asking me, <laughs> whether it's a subscription thing, let's say, because a subscription needs enough people. We have to have enough people in the funnel, mm-hmm. the people coming in to then make it so you can start use that money to like develop further and then like fund your business. So um, it's, it, yeah, it's all about matching with the aims of your, your product are the cost to like make that product on it, whatever basis, a yearly basis. And then, and then match that with the revenues that come out. And it's really the revenues that come out is, is because people like your product and they, they think it's great. So you, you have matched your product to what people want. Um, mm-hmm. whatever way, whatever way that you have done that. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you don't, a lot of, a lot of these new technologies, XR is one included. We, you, it's nothing's proven yet necessarily. Those are the, the, some, the successful companies are, are innovators because it's not proven what the market fit is yet. They are actively figuring it out. So mm-hmm. uh, people in this space and, and probably students that are, are learning about this will definitely experience that because they will be, uh, you know, even if they are not on the business side, they, they will have the, the experience of, of dealing with it and, it's actually kind of, it's, it's exciting to, to, to deal with. And if you're on a small team, a small startup, you're going to be part of that conversation. You are not just going to be sitting at your desk, um, doing development necessarily. <laughs> you will be asked to, to give your input and you, you're, what you will be doing is based on always trying to find that market product fit, not on making that the best possible thing, spending unlimited amount of time to do that. It's going to always, if you have a good product manager, they're going to be guiding you on that. And it's going to be changing as, you know, more input comes in, more feedback from users and all, all of that stuff. So you're going to be at very least affected by it. And sometimes in small startups, like, like tribe is, is, is one of them. Uh, everybody has some sort of, you know, say in that everybody has some sort of input that they can give to drive that. Um, and, and so it's going, you're going to have to understand that concept. I think mm-hmm. even if, even if you think of yourself as an engineer or a technical um, person, you're, it's a very important, like it's, it's going to drive a lot of what's, what you're, you'll be doing. So you should understand it at the very least, even if you're, you're not in control of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's a, a very good practical insight. And uh, beginning with that, at least, is very helpful for somebody who is um, developing this idea of creating their own app. Thank you so much. And I've been thinking because around we all know the news <laughs> that there are potential, maybe some headsets coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious about if you have any potential ideas in the plans to bring the virtual consoles and equipment to the real world, like what we say in augmented reality yeah. or mixed reality. That would be absolutely amazing to see that. But I just would like to ask you if you have anything like that in the plans. Of course, anything that you can share, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, everybody knows that that the the AR to some degree, right? A, what is AR? What is VR? Um, it's going to it's going to be delightfully like unclear what what that is because <laughs> yes. uh, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be great when that that happens because it can be both. It could be you can have both of those experiences depending on 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 the tech and on the platform, but um. 
like you can seamlessly switch between a VR experience and an AR experience. So if you want to be fully immersed, which a lot of us do sometimes, we just want to be in that, like with something like Half-Life Alex, a game like that, or just if you want to be in a YouTube video swimming with the dolphins, you don't want to be in AR. Like I don't necessarily want to see the dolphins swimming in my office. Sometimes I want to just leave the office completely and just be in the ocean. So <laughs> AR in that context is not beneficial to me. It's it's a detriment. So it's not one or the other, but I would like to be able to switch between the two de- depending on what's going on. Maybe I do want some uh, just one dolphin in the corner of my room like hanging out um as I'm working or something. I don't know, that that might be cool. Um but uh uh for us, yeah, there's a lot of potential with mixed reality um especially with being able to um see people around you imagine like ar same thing we've seen in 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 different keynotes and and from from multiple companies um where you can have some element like in our case it might be a deck like the dj decks in front of you but not obscuring everything that you, is in your environment so you can actually interact or just see your surroundings and you can maybe be DJing at a party or just for your friends mm. and you see everybody around you and have that connection to them. But you were also through the technology, you're able to just do this without setting up anything, cables, wires, big decks, and you're, do- you're actually being able to, to jump on this. Um, what I would like to see, I, and I don't think it's, it's imminent, but I would like to see the audience, you know, being able to hold up their phone and see, what you see as well. So they don't just see you in a headset or in glasses or something. They also see something as well, even if they're not completely in, uh, immersed in it. Um, that's where I would like to see it ev- eventually go as far as our platform. Mm, wow. Yeah. It sounds absolutely amazing because yeah. being able, many people to, to enjoy the same show from being in different places and yeah. et cetera. And uh, mixing it with the real world, that would be ideal, as we discussed from the beginning. So, yeah, I'm very glad that that you share that. Maybe there is that possibility there. We'll see. Yep. But we're going to be following you actively to learn more about where the journey is leading you and to continue to support you. I wonder if there is anything else that you wish I had asked you today, Lee. No, I mean I could talk about this all night. Um, but uh <laughs> but um uh no, I think I think that's good for now. And I think it would be great to talk to you again at some point. Um I think even even sometime early next year or something, because the, the that's the exciting thing about the space. It's it's a lot of it's it's gonna change. So I would love to do a follow up on this. Um in, in, in even a matter of months, um things will ch- change, I think. And uh yeah. we'll see. Yeah, it's always changing because we're in these uh technological transformation, huge transformation right now. We're getting very excited with the new um, uh, equipment that is coming, the hardware, et cetera, and how all of these experiences are going to be even more amplified for people. Everybody is excited about this becoming a little bit more consumer, right? Um, yes. Driven. Because then more people can get to to try it, to use it, to make it part of their lives if they consider in the in the safe ways um, how they consider it. But it's uh, very exciting. So yeah, uh, where can people download Trifexar or in what headset is available or what would you like to share about that? 
So Tribe XR um, is available in pretty much every headset um, via mm-hmm. either you know o- Oculus or Meta. Um, the the Quest devices all all can um, you can download through the store there. Uh, PC VR through the Rift software, Steam VR. So that covers a lot of headsets, um, and and I believe HTC Vive as well ha- has. There's a version out there. Um, also, just just visit TribeXR.com. And we do have a Discord. Um, you can you can look that up, or just just visit our website. Um, yeah, and 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 I would love for people to jump in the community, reach out to me. Um, I can provide you with an email address as well, or 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 some way to contact me uh, if anybody has any questions about the space or about TribeXR. I'd love to to actually answer that. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we really appreciate that. It's been an amazing episode. And we really hope that through social media, we can continue to connect because every time that you have any updates or something, we can also share it with the community. Yep. So we're, we're active there. So yeah. To, yes, yes. We're active there. We'll connect. But um, if anybody, you know, just fo- follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff, TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, you've just searched TribeXR and I'm sure you'll find us or you'll, you'll see other people using the software. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a great way to follow what we're doing. Uh, it's going to be very interesting in the next couple of months. That's, that's, I can definitely say that. <laughs> uh-huh. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Lee. And this is the end of this episode. Thank you so much and consider subscribing or um sharing the episode with anybody else who might be interested in it. Thank you so much and see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Bye.